Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Brand Builder Show. And if you're interested in using AI to fuel your business, keep it growing faster than ever before, then this is the episode for you. That is the topic of our conversation. And to talk through that, we have brought back a uh, a very popular guest from the show, Chelsea Cohen from So Stocks. Chelsea, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. No, my pleasure. I think you were episode number three or something, like really early on when we oh, launched cool. the show uh, 18 months or so ago. This mm-hmm. is going to be about episode 80. So, um, you know, we've we made it this far to be able to have you back on, which is really cool for us. Yeah, but also yeah. um, there's been some exciting things going on in your world. So uh, for anybody that hasn't heard anything about you, give us a bit of a background on who you are, but also, you know, what's happened in the last year and, and, and what you're up to now. Sure. Yeah. So I uh, started selling on Amazon 2014 and, um, you know, really have kind of come a long way in my, my journey there learning. Obviously, you know, we have our businesses and we learn different things and then uh, oftentimes we like to share those things. So um, I can give a li- very, very brief what SoStock, you know, about SoStock, but then also I wanted to, since we are talking about AI and talking about copywriting, there's a uh, a piece of my my journey that I don't often talk about, uh, specifically pertaining to, to copywriting. Uh, 2018, I built an I built a software company called SoStocked Inventory Management. We ended up selling to a company called Carbon Six, which some people have started hearing about. And uh, so currently, my biggest focus is on inventory management, profitability through operations. But I have a a sweet spot in my heart and a passion for the copywriting side of Amazon as well. And that's where I really started in terms of sharing, uh, sharing things I know with, with other sellers. Started speaking in 2017 on stages, uh, podcasts about copywriting and really about how to write for Amazon. Mm. Because a lot of people really don't know how to write for Amazon and don't know that they don't know how to write for Amazon. Um, so that's, that's what I love speaking about is, you know, Amazon is a comparative buying platform. And so that needs to be taken into account. And, you know, one of the things that I'd love to, to bring to light as part of this AI conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a big conversation that is continuing to, you know, yeah. move forward. There was obviously a big spike in uh, discussions around it when GPT-4 came out. Um, I imagine the same if they sort of bring out the next iteration of it, but it's already you know, very, very powerful. And, um, you know, I think every Amazon seller would be aware that they need to write a listing that converts, but maybe don't know how to. And so um, is this whole AI thing an opportunity to bridge that gap between knowing how to doing something and doing it or or do you actually do you need to know what you're doing to use AI yeah I think it's uh I think it can be a slippery slope I think that uh, we need to know how to use AI because you know one thing is for sure you you can't ignore it the people Mm. who ignore it are going to get steamrollered by the people who find ways to leverage it absolutely however at the same time you know if a, a person goes too far into AI without understanding it's um, weaknesses, mm-hmm. you can you can lean too heavily into technology and take the human element out, yeah. and then you'll just kind of be in a wash of sounding like everyone else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's talk about some of the potential hacks that you can use for AI and maybe mm-hmm. some of the pitfalls as well then to sort of 
balance it out because I know from you know using ChatGPT myself, there's days where I feel like, oh my gosh, this is going to revolutionize my workflow. And then there's days yeah. I want to just like smash my head against the screen because it's not doing what I want, right? Like, yeah, is yeah. that a normal frustration? Are you finding other people are finding that? How do you summarize yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the I think, you know, some of the benefits of AI are the ability to take a lot of data and condense it, mm. uh, the ability to fight uh, out of blank page sy syndrome, especially mm. if you're not a nat natural writer. Uh, how do I start or how can I have an outline? You know, it's always great to start with an outline and then edit from there. Yeah. Uh, brainstorming ideas, social media posts, email campaigns. You know, you can say, hey, give me a four, uh, you know, a four, se four email sequence for someone who just signed up for my email list or something like that. So there's a lot of benefits to, to that. The, other one that is really great is using Bard because there's a lot of focus on ChatGPT, yeah. but ChatGPT doesn't scan the internet. It has uh, the limitation of being only as old as, um, or has data only as, as old as September 2021. So there's a huge gap, you know, in, um, yeah, yeah. in its knowledge base. So Bard comes in and that's something that you can use to do things like taking your competitor's listing and plug it in, it in and saying, you know, give me a summary of all of the reviews. What does it do well? What does it not do well? And why would I want to buy this product? Or comparing yeah. your listing to another's listing. Say, tell me what's the difference between these two products. Why would you buy one versus the other? Yeah, definitely. I think the um, the example you gave about the email sequence is, um, is spot mm -hmm. on as well. I actually funnily enough, a couple of days ago, used it to create like a three email sequence for a product launch um, uh -huh. that we're doing um, for a pet product. And, and one of the, the lines that it came, like sometimes it can be so creative, like I gave it quite a detailed mm -hmm. prompt, uh, prompt, you know, I told it that you're an expert copywriter and talked about all of the different things we wanted in it. So it took me a good five to 10 minutes to create the prompt, but then it literally output the, the three emails and it included lines like, you know, hurry, this uh, offer is going faster than a kitten chases a laser. And, you know, just stuff like that. <laughs> I'm just not, it's, it's so yeah. much more creative than I, than I sometimes give it credit for. So I think that there's, um, you know, there's, a, there's a lots more ways of using it maybe than we are doing so far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's, yeah, there's things like that, you know, that um, can really help to, you know, to cut down a lot of those times and also save, save money on, you know, paying someone else yeah. to do certain things. And then there are other things that, you know, it, it, you just shouldn't, shouldn't give that completely over to AI. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, are there ways that using AI can weaken your competitive edge? Mm. Uh, yeah. So... By definition, AI is derivative, right? It looks at other sources and it uses those sources to come up with something new. So you can start sounding like everyone else. And um, a lot of the space already does. There's specific format that everyone uses on Amazon, which is interesting because I've talked since 2017, I've talked against this format, um, but it's the, the format of doing a subheading, right? Um, let's say uh, strong material or something like that, and then you go into the bullet point, and there's this formula of we're going to do, you know, all caps, tell you what the bullet point's about, and then, and then do a semicolon or a dash, and then we're going to write about it. And so, you, so listings already have a, a standard template, 
that is actually not the most effective way to to write your listings. And we can talk about some of the, the mm. things that we use, the techniques um, that, that are used. But we've already got where we sound like everyone else. So the, the, the thing that's coming now is that we used to have a competitive edge, say, on foreign language sellers. Now foreign language sellers can start sounding like us. So that is, that is a differentiator. If you sound, if you sound good and so it does everyone else, well then now we have to start sounding great. Just like our images, just like our EBC. Why does someone click on yours versus someone else's? It's because your image looks better. Yeah. Right? So, so why don't we look at that in terms of we have to make our bullet points look better? Yeah. You mentioned that structure. It would be good to, to hear that because, you know, mm -hmm. that's a structure that a lot of people would know and use. And what are the downfalls of that structure? Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of I remember at an event in I think it was 2018, uh, someone got up on stage in front of 3000 people and said, people don't read bullet points. And he was going to talk about images. So. 3,000 people write down, people don't read bullet points, and then you have a whole bunch of sellers who are not looking at uh, copywriting as a tool. And at the same event, I have people coming up to me saying, you know, I loved your talk, or I, you know, used your service, and I increased my sales by 10%, by 15%, whatever it is, you know, and you have this ripple effect as you start to convert your traffic increases and your ranking increases. And so uh, it can really have a, a huge impact. But if we only look at it as a place to put our keywords and to give kind of generic uh, features and not really sell and sell in a way that uh, is compelling, mm. then you know, we're basically, we're switching good for good and that's not good enough. So of course I'm going to say people don't read bullet points because I've never written a bullet point that someone wanted to read. Right. Yeah. Do you find then that AI using AI to write those bullet points, to write your descriptions that can diminish the, the sales potential of that copy unless you really heavily edit it? Yeah, it's, um, you can get, like I said, the foundation, but the techniques, some of the techniques that we use are, um, are things that help to combat that. Because is, there, is, there is a truth and people don't like to read things. Hmm. Um, blogs, I'm guilty of myself. I open up a blog, you know, says, oh, the top 10 things that you need to know about whatever. And so what do we do? We go when we skim for what those 10 things are. We don't read through the whole thing. We just mm. look at, you know, these, the, the bolded sections. Oh, this is important. That's important. So how do we take that natural tendency of uh, a consumer on the Internet and give them the ability to skim something? Right now, we do subheadings. And that basically says, I'm, this is all that this bullet point is about. And since you, you know, you can read the subheading and know exactly what I'm going to talk mm. about. And you're basically taking that tool away. You're saying you don't have to read this. So of course they're not going to read it. They're just going to read the subheading and move on. But what we tend to do is first and foremost, we have to get them to understand that we're going to tell them something that's going to matter. Um, I mentioned comparative buying platform. People already want to buy the product. So your job is why yours versus your competitors, right? On the topic of 
structure bullet point structure mm -hmm. without wanting to get too much off topic yeah um are you along would you then go for brevity you know short readable rather than long keyword fields trying to fit as much information in there as possible right so um not too short because you're when you're so it's so short all you leave room for is um is the logic the features you mm -hmm. don't give them what you know that the emotion people buy on you know emotion justify with logic so what is that product going to do for them what what are they going to feel like when they read that you know that listing and and when they get that product so we tend to like to keep them you know not going to five the 500 character per bullet but around 400 is kind of our goal um, we want to make sure that we have long tail keywords in there but the way that we guide the eye is we don't we don't create subheadings Right. We'll use all caps yeah. at the beginning, but we'll stop it, say, in the middle of a sentence. Um, and the, the first the first few words of the first bullet point are the most important piece of your copywriting. Mm -hmm. It's what uh, there's a term called a hook um, yeah. in a story. You know, it hooks you, makes you want to read more. Yeah. So we always take the negative reviews of our competitor and we say things like, you know, uh, we used to say things like, unlike other products that bend, break, and rust, you know, and of course, a keyword in there, uh, ours does not because we have this type of material. Mm -hmm. Now you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to compare your products to others. So we've had to get creative, say, you know, you want to avoid this situation or mm -hmm. you, you want to avoid products uh, or stay away from products that this, we don't necessarily full on, there's, there's ways to, to, uh, change the language without, you know, making yeah. the Amazon algorithm mad. Um, mm -hmm. But but that's the hook. And we, you will take the all caps and you'll carry it through into a sentence that kind of guides the eye into reading the sentence. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you'll, and then we'll take specific portions, specific features that we want to uh, have stand out. Let's say, you know, the material, you know, if someone is selling plastic and you're selling silicone, you might want to point out, you know, we don't, you know, we're not using plastic, we're using silicone, and that might be in all caps. So throughout the bullet points, we'll have all caps for specific uh, features and benefits that we want to have stand out. So that if someone just read the all caps, they would get an idea of the value that you're bringing. Yeah, you mentioned the hooks there. Is mm -hmm. that something that you are feeding in? Like I've tested with some, uh, you know, like copywriting frameworks like uh, problem agita agitation solution, that kind of thing. Are those things that you're testing feeding into ChatGPT with any success? Um, so, I mean, to some degree, you always have to, you know, <laughs> ChatGPT, you're always surprised by what you get. You know, yeah. it's it's yeah. sometimes it can, it can get it and sometimes it can't. Uh, yeah. We found that Oftentimes, it's easier. You can feed in. A, a good process would probably be to use Bard, for example, and get the, let's say, the top three complaints, or say top five complaints, or whatever, and that gives you the um, kind of the the tools to work with. And you say, okay, well, here's the top complaints about this. How can I use this to my advantage? And you might be able to ask, you know, ChatGPT, uh, how would you write, you know, how would you write a bullet point to uh, evoke this, you know, to, to compare my product mm. to this product. And yeah. um, you're always going to have to to tweak, I think, what yeah. what is being put there. And um, so it, you've always got to have that human element, yeah. but you can get Definitely. part of the way there. Yeah, 
you mentioned like processing data and stuff early on. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, is that the kind of thing you mean? Processing reviews, um, mm -hmm. that kind of. Thing? Yeah, yeah. You can uh, you can have Bard look at reviews and do a breakdown of reviews. They'll even put you know the percentages of reviews. What are the things that people liked? This would even be really good for product research. Take the top you know five ten competitors that are doing well, and get them to break down um, you know each listing and then maybe combine that data to find areas of weakness where you can then source a product that mm. addresses that, you know, it's really fast, fast research that way. Yeah. You mentioned Bard quite a lot. Are you using it more than ChatGPT? For, for listing analysis, because uh, Bard can look, can actually read the, mm. the listing. You don't have to take the listing and copy it. You can copy the link okay, to so Amazon. You can go into the page and read it. Yeah, and so you can do that with reviews. You can also do that with listing, you know, break down, you know, the listing, mm. um, you know, break down the brand voice. What is what is this yeah. brand voice, uh, you know, some tips there. You, um, yeah, because they just removed that recently, right? With uh, There was a browsing feature on GPT-4, but I think they removed it. Yeah, yeah, recently. And, yeah, um, yeah so Bard has been, you know, been pretty good at that. Cool. Uh, brand voice, you mentioned there, that's something that's, um, you know, key to a lot of people that are building, building brands on Amazon and want to mm -hmm. maintain that brand voice. How, how do you do that with AI? Sure. Uh, yeah. So if you've got a, a rough idea of who your audience is, you can plug in and say, hey, I've got, you know, I sell these types of products. Uh, you want to add some adjectives to kind of give an idea, uh, you know, are your products, you know, fun? Are they, you know, party oriented? Are they sophisticated, luxurious? Give a couple of descriptors and then give a little bit about who you think that your your product is for. Yeah. Um, and then say, you know, develop a, an avatar around my product. They can, it can spit out an avatar. You can even ask, you know, what media sources do, do they consume? You know, and mm -hmm. they can give you some ideas of that. Uh, and then, of course, from there, you can ask it to build, you know, a brand voice, um, you know, um, marketing personality of your brand. And then even ask if you find specific companies that you really like. Let's say you're in the food niche and you say, OK, I really like Bon Appetit magazine mm -hmm. or I really I really admire, you know, Apple and what Apple stands for. You can get them to break down. Uh, especially if it is a an iconic brand. Why does that brand work? What is this brand all about? And then you can go through and it'll spit out the data so that you can then take that and say, incorporate some of this into what I'm, what I'm doing and what my brand represents. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good idea, actually, using real prominent brands mm -hmm. that you aspire to and, uh, you know, getting the insight from, from uh, the AI there. Very good tip there. Yeah. Uh, you talking a lot about the, you know, adding these words, adding those emotions, adding those modifiers. That's a lot of information, you know, each time you do a new prompt. Do you have some kind of system whereby you're collating all this stuff somewhere? Yeah, so uh, you should have, and one of the things that we, we put together is some kind of shorthand prompts. Um, AI will remember things, so you can to a certain extent uh, layer on in the same chat. So, you know, my customer avatar, you know, based on this avatar, give me uh, brand voice, based on that brand voice, give me uh, 10 social, you know, 10 ideas for social posts. And so you can kind of layer that 
at a certain point, AI starts to get confused and forget. So sometimes you'll have to then carry some of that over and start a new chat. Um, but if you can take your, your brand voice that is created, save it, look, look through it, see if you want to streamline it, and then use that when you're always going in and plugging in, you know, what, what emails should I, should I be putting out? Uh, even customer success email or customer mm. success, customer service emails, you want it to sound like your brand voice. So you can even create templates for customer success. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. You've mentioned obviously listings, emails, yeah. social posts. Are there any sort of Amazon specific or more Amazon centric uh, ways you can use ChatGPT or, or Bard or any AI to really yeah. improve and speed up your workflow? Um, in terms of, you know, on the listings itself, you mean? Uh, just any other ways that you can, AI can support your, you know, your Amazon business or your e-commerce business. Yeah. So one of the ways we also um, have found success and, you know, always comes with a caveat, especially when you're looking at trying to, to generate fact-based mm -hmm. or math-based. Yeah. Uh, math usually serves some other purpose, which um, there are some dangers there. But things like research. Like if you're trying to find, we do a lot of, you know, uh, I have an agency for copywriting. We do a lot of different listings. So we'll get a supplement product, for example, and we want to know about these ingredients. So that generally can take a long time or a lo uh, added time to research. You can go in and, and research and say, hey, what are the benefits of, you know, this this type of ingredient or maybe you don't have an ingredient that a competitor has and you can say what are the uh, downsides oh it hurts you know your stomach so you can put up you know we don't have this ingredient because it, it hurts your stomach so that gives the idea for the reader the the potential customer maybe I should watch out for that ingredient and then you're in a roundabout way dissuading them from any of the competitor products that use that ingredient and it's because you're able to to get you know you always want to verify because sometimes sometimes AI will start making things up we found uh, occasionally so it's a good idea to after they give you you know those things to try to search in Google to find some other you know sources for that mm, yeah in terms of keywords specifically in the listing Amazon SEO what are the challenges with that? We've talked about sales copy and stuff that converts, but the keyword mm -hmm. side of it obviously is very important. Are there, yeah. you know, how do you find AIs working with, you know, finding the right keywords, doing the right SEO stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one, AI is not that great at understanding mm. what you're trying to ask it, especially when it comes to long tail keywords. We've done, you know, some tests where you've asked, hey, take these bullet points and put some keywords in and it'll spit, you know, we've had it spit out, you know, a rewrite of the, the bullet points and then say, here's some keywords. And it just gives you a list of keywords at the end that it didn't incorporate. Or it will repeat the same main keyword over and over again. Um, you know, we've had it put it, it put it at the end of each bullet in, you know, parentheses, uh, not doing, you know, so it has a lot of trouble with finding places to work those in and especially in an organic way. Uh, I think that that, and we've even seen trouble, you know, other people, actual people have trouble with how do I take this keyword? I mean, we've had to um, train our, our writers on how to, how do you do that? So, you know, I would review and say, hey, you can make this more organic if you say it in a little bit of a different way, mm -hmm. because long tail keywords generally make 
the copywriting sound uh, like it's trying to stuff mm. keywords and sell, uh, buyers are more and more getting to be smarter. So anything that makes them feel like they're being sold, you want to shy away from. You want to have them organically read through the, the yeah. listing without realizing that, hey, I'm trying to get your money. <laughs> mm, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And slightly moving away from AI, the AI and without wanting to ask too much of a general question, but obviously you're in the um, the weeds with this stuff all the time, you know, writing good copy that converts. What mm -hmm. would be your kind of overall strategies and tactics that you would share, you know, if you needed to give someone the 80-20 on, mm -hmm. you know, writing copy that drives traffic, converts, um, what would be some of the kind of key tips that you'd uh, finish up with? Sure. So I would say, uh, you know, as we talked about the hook, taking, you know, negative reviews and using them against your competitors in uh, a way that doesn't make the Amazon algorithm, you know, mad. Um, also, removing subheadings from your listings and, and using, using the all caps to guide them into reading the rest of the bullet point, using uh, all caps. And, you know, as a caveat, Amazon doesn't like all caps. They don't want it, but we haven't found, you know, probably a year and a half, two years ago, some people did get a warning email, but we haven't had people get shut down for using all caps. And uh, it, we found it converts a lot better. So we'll give, we'll give the choice. We'll give, here's the all caps version. Here's the, you know, standard version and the seller can make the decision, yeah. but it is very effective to have your best features and your best benefits. Uh, in all caps and don't go too heavy on it because then it just looks like a block of text. You mm -hmm. want it to, to, to read comfortably, but to, uh, upon skim selling the point. Yeah, yeah. Those would be, yeah, those would be the hook, the, um, removal of subheadings and then the, the all caps used, uh, to focus on, uh, the features and the benefits yeah. are the kind How of the top things. How much of your workflow is uh, integrating with the images? Are you just writing the copy or are you kind of then using that to frame the images? How does that process work for you? Yeah, so that's what we recommend. Um, you know, we don't do photography. We have, uh, we do EBC, uh, a, a bit of EBC as well. And the, the work that is done with the reviews and with figuring out how to, to frame and sell uh, on emotion and to, you know, sometimes you have a gifting um, bullet point. We always end with a brand bullet point at the end to give give people an idea that this is an actual company, you know, especially if you can say small business, you know, I'm a mom who's trying to solve my own problems or whatever it is. And taking those bullet points and relaying them as the same story. You've done all this work to find the best ways to present your your product and you need to as much as possible repeat that message to people no matter how they consume content whether they read bullet points or you know simply look at images it should be very cohesive and say the same thing hmm. yeah definitely good okay and then just to finish up in terms of the future of ai obviously you don't have a crystal ball and uh, you mm -hmm. can't predict all of the future yeah. well, where, where do you see this going are we just going to have a just a smooth steady growth of ai um you know usage or are we going to see some more massive spikes what, what kind of yeah. do you feel for the industry yeah i think that it will you know there'll be ebbs and flows i think that it is only going to improve i don't think I think that there is a danger in some people, like I said, going too far with it. 
and um, that you know there's there's people who are going to become AI innovative, and then there are people who become AI lazy, and uh, so that's kind of the 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 risk there. But I think that if you don't learn about it and you don't figure out ways to uh, and maybe the creative side of it, there are certain things you don't want to let go of, right? The things that really, truly matter. Your images, your, you know, your copywriting, your messaging, uh, product selection. It can help you to shortcut some of those things. But if you give it wholly over to AI, that's where uh, someone who's using it in intelligent ways and maintaining hold on those important creative and messaging and brand driven aspects mm. you're going to be you're going to be overtaken yeah yeah that hybrid approach i think is so key isn't it and it's going to be what creates the best content because it helps you to create more but it also helps you to create it in a you know conversion uh, sort of focused way so yeah no mm -hmm. i completely agree with that yeah Good stuff. Well, this has been super helpful, Chelsea, in terms of uh, I think a lot of us getting our heads around AI for the first time and how it can really help us in our business. Uh, so thank you so much for uh, sharing your, your thoughts on it. Uh, I think you've got a bit of a, a giveaway for our listeners, uh, something they can pick up to help them with this whole process. Where can they find that? Sure. So that's uh, catapultconversions.com forward slash AI prompts. We've put together some AI prompts for different aspects of uh, your business, and you can get it there. You can also find us on catapultconversions.com. We do a, a free listing analysis for anyone who's interested in that as well. Amazing. Well, we'll leave the link to that, obviously, in the show notes and the description so people can awesome. grab a hold of that. Uh, thank you again, Chelsea, for coming on. We really do appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks. Awesome, folks. Well, I uh, hope you got as much out of that episode as I did. It's given me loads of ideas to test and have a play with the different AI. Definitely need to get into Bard and test that out as well. Um, so get into it, have a little play with it. It's uh, ChatGPT, Bard. They're free to begin with, so you can have a play, use them in your business, and uh, and keep growing quicker than ever. Uh, we'll see you in the uh, next episode, same time next week. Take care.